I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Crazy, amazing, crying, amaze crazy. It's high noon for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. If you're having browser troubles, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. And if you are looking for the article I just put up about Mike Lindell, versus the party of false decorum. It is at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. Today is the 188th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You were told that you could win arguments simply by being the first to emote the hardest. Claiming your victimhood for all to see. And therefore, no one could ever speak ill of you or your ideas. Because that would just mean that they are victimizing you once again, oppressing you, making you cry. And no one wants that. And it seems like that strategy has made it all the way up and down the terrible culture you commies are creating to the point where even the most powerful members of the party of false decorum think that their best strategy is to proclaim their weakness and victimhood to the world. They are unassailable at that point. And we got a bunch of examples today. Can't wait to talk about them. But hey, Kami, if you're getting a little sick of having to pretend that you're always very mad and very sad about everything, and you're getting a little worn out from constantly having to emote about things you don't care about at all and don't know about at all, and you're sick of having to act a certain way all the time. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I was told there would be cake and vacations. And instead, now I just injected myself with a unknown foreign substance and put a mask back on. And if you've reached that point, maybe you're ready to migrate back to America and we would be happy to have you. You're quite welcome back here. In fact, we want you. We need you as allies. And to do that, all you have to do is take account of all those stupid and evil communist ideas crashing into one another 
inside your communist child brain like so many bumper cars at the state fair and leave them behind. Get rid of them. All of them. All of them are wrong. All of them are stupid. All of them are evil. No, not some. All. All of them, Kami. You don't have one good idea about anything. I'm sorry to tell you that. Someone had to. Because you keep repeating the slogans, and it makes other people repeat the slogans. Because they think, hey, that Kami probably knows what he's talking about. Maybe I can get something from him or her just by complying and repeating their slogans. Hey, if I share Mark Ruffalo's stupid commie post on Instagram, maybe one day Mark Ruffalo will notice me. And then I'll be a little closer to becoming Mark Ruffalo myself. And that will be so nice as all my other peers drift off into poverty. <laughs> but you, commie, you get to hang with Mark Ruffalo. What could be better? Maybe you'll get to make a very finely produced PSA where you can share all the slogans with Mark Ruffalo's fans. And hey, they're like, yeah, sure. The CGI Hulk definitely knows what he's talking about. Give us more slogans, Mark. What could be better, right, Kami? Except here's the thing, Kami. Everybody knows Mark Ruffalo's lying. And when you repeat the slogans you get from Mark Ruffalo, everyone knows you're lying too. But unlike Mark Ruffalo, you're just a person repeating Mark Ruffalo's slogans. So you're actually down further in the hierarchy. It didn't work. You tried to be like Mark Ruffalo by repeating Mark Ruffalo's slogans, but it didn't work. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that frustrating, Kami? You were told that your compliance would make you just like Mark Ruffalo, but you're stuck only being able to share Mark Ruffalo's pictures and save up to buy eh, some shoes that Mark Ruffalo wears. What kind of life is that, Kami? That's what I got to ask you. I hope you figure it out soon. I hope you want to migrate back to America because we want you here. But you got to leave those rock dumb communist ideas behind. Trust me, you won't miss them. You'll instantly find you start having better and smarter conversations with interesting people whose ideas you had never heard of before. You'll be like, whoa, what are all these new ideas filling up my brain? My brain seems to be expanding. The bumper cars seem to be now obeying normal traffic laws. How did it happen? Well, Kami, that's called respecting reality and understanding that truth comes from reality. You don't get reality from the slogans. It doesn't work the other way around. That's why everything is such a mess in your heads all the time. And I know you think I'm making fun of you, but I'm not. I'm actually trying to get you to understand that what you have been doing is simply repeating the slogans and imagining that the truth of those slogans is somehow part of your personality to the point where you'd feel like 
no longer a person if you had to give up on the slogans. And I'm trying to show you, Kami, that giving up on the slogans is when you do become a person because you take back your control. You delegated your intellectual and moral thinking to other people and to your culture. Take it back, okay? It's your responsibility. You got to own it. You have to support your ideas. You have to support your beliefs. And you have got to start telling the truth. Now, today in Congress, Nancy Pelosi and a bunch of Obamis and Romneys are getting together to host a slightly off-Broadway production of police crying about a very violent insurrection. It's not a catchy title. I don't know why they named it that. But let's check in with a few very strong, very serious, very important men who are rightfully emotional about the fact that they are about to be completely exposed to the world in a matter of weeks to the point where anyone who still thinks these are smart and competent and faithful representatives of the American people will no longer believe such utter nonsense. This is the young rising star of the Romneys, Adam Kinzinger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, thank you to my colleagues on the committee. Thank you to our witnesses. Uh, I never expected a day to be <clears throat> quite as emotional for me as it has been. Uh, I've talked to a number of you and gotten to know you. I think it's important to tell you right now, though, you guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with, and you know you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad days. How we take accountability for that. And for all the overheated rhetoric surrounding this committee, our mission is very simple. Let's define the truth. And it's to ensure accountability. Like most Americans, I'm frustrated that six months after a deadly insurrection breached the United States. I, I just want to say that if, if it was not for you guys coming here and, and crying with us, if it wasn't for you guys being there on January 6th to help us carry out the very violent insurrection. <laughs> I mean, our our whole narrative would have fallen apart way sooner. I mean, I, I know it's falling apart now, and that's why we're here, but <laughs> if if you guys weren't playing along, you you honorable and brave members of of Nancy Pelosi's Praetorian Guard, you you unaccountable enforcers of, you know, 
not quite laws, but at least things that we want. It all would have fallen apart. Uh, hey, Adam, you got any of those emotions for the political prisoners that are still being held in solitary confinement due to the entire charade that you are still performing in front of the American people, even though you're not convincing anyone? Do you have anything to say about that? Yes, I do. They're racist. <laughs> For real? This guy, this guy is raking in cash from communists so that he will keep going on television and saying mean things about Donald Trump. I don't even know how David French can massage this into an acceptable narrative. This guy has to turn in his man card immediately. Hey, Adam Kinzinger, you aren't a man, okay? And I'm not saying you're trans because I don't want to insult trans people. But he's not the only amazing crazy crier today. This is Nancy Pelosi's right-hand communist, Adam Schiff. You might know Adam Schiff as the guy who lied for years about the Russia hoax and then invented the Ukraine hoax leading to the first fake impeachment of Donald Trump. You might also know him as good friend and, you know, extracurricular activity partner of former Democrat donor and bundler Ed Buck, who is now in prison for drugging and raping underage black boys. You could know him as that guy, too. And if you were to search on a non-Google search engine for Adam Schiff and Ed Buck, and you could even throw Ted Lieu in there, you might find some interesting stuff. Or maybe not. Maybe Adam Schiff is not a guy who pretends to represent a district in Southern California where he does not live and instead just does the bidding of global communism from Washington, D.C. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors, if they're born in another country or they don't look like us, God help us. But I have faith. Because of folks like you. Now, I know I'm doing you all something of a disservice by only sharing the audio because the video is really magnificent. You can see how very serious and how very emotional and how very sad these, you know, quote unquote men are. And you're not quite able to get all the way there simply by hearing the audio. Although Adam Schiff's constant mouth sounds should lead you down the path of understanding what his face is doing. He's like 
biting his lip and stuff. These people, I honestly, I cannot believe what they're actually doing. You know, you think, oh, wow, you're really going to try to pull this off, huh? And you're like, no, nah, they can't do that. Like, everybody sees this. They cannot be this stupid to try this again. And sure enough, they go for the tears. And isn't it strange that they are leading with emotion? I mean, they're saying that this is the gravest threat to American democracy since the Civil War. They said the very violent insurrection was a greater attack against America than Pearl Harbor or 9-11. They've really said that, okay? The only person killed on January 6th at the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt. And she was shot by a Capitol police officer named Michael Byrd, whose name they still will not enter into the public record. They are still keeping it hidden, even though everyone knows it. Or I should say all of us, because, of course, the communists don't know that at all. The communists still actually think that Officer Brian Sicknick was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher or maybe sprayed with bear spray or maybe just close enough to bear spray that he suffered a stroke a day later from it. We have grown men who were elected, well, you know, not elected, but similar to being elected. They were put in positions of leadership. Grown men put in positions of leadership who are crying at their jobs to convince child-brained communists on their couches that January 6th really is and really was as scary as Don Lemon told them it was. There is absolutely no other purpose for these hearings. They are trying to create content for the cable hosts in the evening to broadcast to the commies who are sitting at home on their couches, half asleep, and drooling into the takeout they just received from Uber Eats. You know, because it's too dangerous to go out and get your food from a store or support a local restaurant. Instead, get it delivered. Have a poor person go out into the world and transport your meal to you because they need the money. Isn't that how it works, commies? Aren't you a hero for helping to employ those people at their Uber Eats job? And then, of course, you're supporting that local restaurant by buying their food, even though they can't sell it for the proper price because they have to give too much money to Uber Eats. But they can't raise the price too much because then people won't buy it. So I guess they're just going to have to take the loss while all the communists pat themselves on the back. And hey, if we have to shut down your businesses again for two months or four months or six or whenever the problem stops, you know, the problem of us having erected an illegitimate government. Whenever that problem goes away, then maybe you can open your businesses again. And sorry if your whole industry 
gets put down. At least we have corporations and franchises that can still feed you so long as another corporation brings you the food. You're not allowed to leave because the very scary variant is out there. And the very scary variant is so very scary that the CDC now says that vaccinated people have to wear masks. They put that out there today. That's their new advisement. The science has changed once again. Oh, the science. Anthony Fauci went and scaled the peak of Mount Wuhan and learned the new science and toiled in the face of harsh whipping winds while he carved it into a stone tablet and brought it back to us. And now we have the science. The science says that people who got vaccinated against a disease that could not kill them now need to wear masks to save themselves from the disease that they got vaccinated against that also couldn't kill them before anyway, but now maybe can totally kill them because of the vaccine. It's the science. It's the science. You have to listen to it. If you don't listen to it, then very serious people are going to cry again and you can't make them cry. That's why you must comply. If you don't comply, they will cry. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to rhyme. But honestly, we have grown men who are supposed to be representing actual Americans crying in an exchange with Capitol Police officers who are literally only there to also cry. They're just crying back and forth, trying to get everyone to understand that, yes, the very violent insurrection was very violent, and all the people were definitely Trump supporters, and they weren't BLM or Antifa, and they weren't FBI informants, even though they were. The way the Capitol Police officers know that they weren't FBI or BLM or Antifa is not by having investigated, figuring out who the people are and then what their ties to FBI, BLM or Antifa might be. No, they know what kind of people they were based on what sorts of things they were saying and how they were acting. Because there's no way that BLM supporters could simply change their clothes and then go in and say things they think Trump supporters would say. That, my friends, <laughs> that's a stretch. And what will happen next? Well, the media will choose one or more of the Capitol Police officers who appeared today, and they will make that person a star. They will attempt to. Retarded celebrities will probably love them, and they'll become friends on Twitter. And maybe they'll meet one day and take a selfie for Instagram. And then that person will be very famous and very heroic. And that's how our culture will continue to reward victimization. Now, unfortunately, probably only one of them is going to get famous. They'll all get rich. Don't worry. They'll get a payoff. It'll be a book deal or something, maybe a promotion. Maybe they'll go lead the 
Capitol Police Force in California or Florida, where then they'll have a whole organization of criers underneath them, and none of them will be accountable to anyone because the Capitol Police can't be foia'd. So they can really do whatever they want, and the only person who will ever know is Nancy Pelosi. Isn't that crazy? Kind of a cushy job, though, isn't it? One of them, though, they're going to get that book deal and have Drew Jubera write it, the guy that wrote Hunter's book, and they're going to get to do all the late-night shows. They're going to get to do 60 Minutes. They'll be very special. I'm sure they're, oh, just an excellent writer. What a powerful story you told. <laughs> What a what a powerful story Drew Jubera made up about you. What powerful propaganda Drew Jubera produced at Nancy Pelosi's request that now bears your name, you great truth teller, you great hero who served the American people simply by telling the truth of what happened at the very violent insurrection. So powerful. Honestly, I'm inspired. I was inspired just watching it. I was thinking, man, all it takes to be a leader is the ability to cry on command as if you're a college girl trying to get out of a speeding ticket. And it turns out that, yep, that's exactly right. Now, I'm going to offend some people right here. Did anyone see... What happened with Simone Biles today? She is an American Olympic gymnast who decided that she couldn't compete because she really needed to take care of her mental health. And so her country didn't take the gold, even though Simone Biles is called the greatest gymnast of all time. It's strange that someone who is the greatest of all time can't get past the mental hurdles to perform in the biggest moments of her career. But let's see what she has to say about it. Maybe there's totally a good reason why she wasn't mentally up to the task of doing the thing she has prepared for her whole life. This is from The Score. U.S. gymnastics superstar Simone Biles was candid about her withdrawal from the women's team competition, citing the need to put her mental health first. I know that this Olympic Games, I wanted it to be for myself. I came here and I felt like I was still doing it for other people. So that just hurts my heart that doing what I love has been kind of taken away from me to please other people. We also have to focus on ourselves because at the end of the day, we're human too. So we have to protect our mind and body rather than just go out there and do what the world wants us to do. What? You're representing America at the Olympics. Representing other people is exactly why you're supposed to want to go. Biles said she was shaking in the hours leading up to Tuesday's event and knew that she wasn't in the right frame of mind when she stepped on the floor. I felt like it would be better to take a back seat. I didn't want to risk the team a medal because they worked way too hard for my screw ups. The six-time Olympic medalist said. The 24-year-old isn't sure if she'll take part in the individual events. Biles is the defending Olympic champion in three disciplines, including Thursday's all-around competition. 
We're going to take it day by day, and we're just going to see, Biles told Hoda Kotob on today. Okay, you got that? So Simone Biles dropped out of the competition because she was concerned that the team portion of the competition wasn't about her. I'm not making that up. That's what she said. And she wasn't physically injured. Again, that's what she said. And she actually had, I guess, a brain aneurysm in the middle of it and tried to claim that she stayed out of the competition because she did not want to cost her teammates a medal. But if she's the best of all time, then you would think she could only help to get her teammates a medal by performing alongside them. And it turns out they didn't get the medal they should have gotten, so she did cost them a medal. But we can't say that. We can't say she cost them a medal. We actually have to defend her and say that her mental issue was more important than the commitment she made to the rest of the people and the commitment she made to the country by choosing to go represent it. If Simone Biles wants these competitions to be all about her, maybe she should create a women's gymnastics professional league and they could compete professionally and everybody would watch them because, you know, people are huge gymnastics fans once every four years. Now, I have no doubt that she is an incredible athlete. Okay, good for her. The amount of commitment that takes is impressive. I am impressed. I would be a fan if she wasn't, you know, as she is now. And if I'm insensitive, sorry, maybe some legitimate excuse will come out. The thing that was actually messing her mind up and I will apologize. But so far, she has come out and address the situation in her own words. She has not communicated any external factor involved in her being mentally unable to compete alongside her teammates. And so she is now being cheered for having specifically abandoned her teammates, and then she will once again be lionized when she performs in the individual events and wins. And we're going to be told how important it is that everyone just looks out for themselves, except when it comes to politics. When it comes to politics, you pretend that you're doing the best thing for everybody else. Am I being too hard on these emotional weaklings? Perhaps. But then you can go back and look at Michael Jordan, who in 1997 actually had the flu and played in a basketball game in the NBA Finals in Game 5 with the series tied, and he scored 38 points. Why? Because he's actually the greatest of all time. Simone Biles was just like, eh, I don't know. Doesn't really seem like it's about me, this whole team thing. I think I'm going to take the day off. I don't want to cost you guys a medal. You know, I'm just not, my head's not in it. I just don't feel right about it. I'm going to go ahead and just win the individual ones when I'm competing with you, my teammates. 
And where does this come from? The idea that victimhood is constantly honorable and the fastest way to make everyone like you. Well, you see, friends, that's because of modern feminism. Oh, did I just offend you again? Are you sensing toxic masculinity? Oh, no. But hey, it is what it is. Feminism now is not about equality. Feminism now is just about taking power by complaining and pretending that everything wrong in your life is someone else's fault or the fault of the patriarchy. It's just Marxism in a wig with hair extensions. And those hair extensions probably come from those concentration camps in Xinjiang where women's heads are shaved and their hair is collected and then, you know, sold as extensions to Western women who buy them right up because you got to have that extra hair for those Instagram pictures. But sorry, commies. You spent a couple of decades trying to feminize American men and it worked on every single one who voted for Joe Biden. Quite obviously, you injected soy into absolutely everything they eat. And now they feel that the best approach when they are confronted with a difficult situation is to complain about it and assume that any problem is someone else's fault. And, you know, if it really comes down to it, you just emote as much as possible. Hey, Adam and other Adam. Obami, Adam and Romney, Adam. You guys are both commies. And here's the thing. The only time to cry in public around strangers as a man is if you're at a funeral. I'm not saying it's not okay for men to cry. I'm just saying not in Congress. Are we really going to pretend that Adam Kinzinger and Adam Schiff felt threatened on January 6th in any way? Of course not. Why? Well, they already knew what was going to happen. And of course, we're going to find that out. We know it well enough already. Nancy Pelosi sure has known it for a long time. Are we supposed to expect that she didn't communicate that to Adam Schiff? They needed an incident to shut down the objections to the electors from the various states being counted. And that's exactly what they did. They made sure that the country did not hear the objections. That was what was going to happen that afternoon. They got rid of that and they allowed those objections to play out at very short length in the middle of the night. And hey, ladies, I know that feminism accomplished some great things 50 years ago. All very honorable. I'm happy that there were some strong women with the leadership skills to accomplish what they accomplished. But after that, the last 10 years, 15, 20, hey, maybe the whole time. It's pretty much just been about crying and complaining 
and pretending that every time you don't get your way, it's because someone assaulted you or harassed you or wronged you or was prejudiced against you. Honestly, who has more privilege in this world than a millennial white girl in America who was raised middle to upper class? There's no one anywhere who has it as easy as you do. So stop telling men to cry in public because what you get is people like this. Okay. And I'm including Simone Biles in that because pretending that you can't perform for your country and your teammates because you're feeling a little off in your head is basically crying in public. And sorry, if you want to be the greatest, the standard is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would have never, ever, ever quit on his teammates because he was feeling a little sad. That would never have happened. You know who would, though? LeBron James. And that's why LeBron James is the Simone Biles of Michael Jordan's. And Simone Biles is not the Michael Jordan of gymnastics. Now, let's switch subjects to another embarrassing communist weakling who is high ranking in Nancy Pelosi's disgraced House of Representatives. And that is none other than Mr. Farts himself, Eric Swalwell. This is Matthew Boyle in Breitbart yesterday. Exclusive. Classified report Biden could release provides intricate detail on Eric Swalwell relationship with Fang Fang. The U.S. intelligence community currently has in its possession a classified report that includes intricate and intimate details of the nature of the relationship between Representative Eric Swalwell, communist from California, and a Chinese spy known as Fang Fang. The report which intelligence and national security sources familiar with its contents who spoke on condition of an anonymity told Breitbart News contains details of the nature of Swalwell's relationship with Fang Fang, including certain sexual acts they allegedly engaged in together. Sources familiar with it, however, would not provide any more detail on the nature of those acts or other details in the report, which is currently classified. OK, first of all, don't care about his sexual acts. All right. Eric Swalwell is a male feminist and was probably getting pegged. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. It's probably that. The relationship was first revealed in news reports in December 2020 when Axios uncovered that Fang Fang had targeted up and coming Bay Area, California politicians. Fang took part in fundraising activity for Swalwell's 2014 re-election campaign, according to a Bay Area political operative and a current U.S. intelligence official. Swalwell's office was directly aware of these activities on its behalf, the political operative said. The same political operative who witnessed Fang fundraising on Swalwell's behalf found no evidence of illegal contributions. Oh, thank goodness there was no evidence. I guess the situation is not a problem. It's just a congressman who still sits on the House Intelligence Committee, almost definitely getting pegged by a Chinese spy. While Fang did not make any direct contributions to Swalwell's campaigns, 
per Federal Election Commission records, the Axios story noted she did place an intern in Swalwell's office and interacted with Swalwell at multiple events over the course of several years. Swalwell's office responded to the Axios inquiry for its story on the matter with a generic statement, refusing to answer detailed questions on it. Representative Swalwell long ago provided information about this person whom he met more than eight years ago and whom he hasn't seen in nearly six years to the FBI to protect information that might be classified. He will not participate in your story. Thank goodness he told the FBI, you know that they are probably on it doing the hard work of investigation on behalf of the American people and not staging more violent insurrections. Despite the revelations, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Intelligence Committee Chairman Representative Adam Schiff, communist, California, made the determination to keep Swalwell on the Intelligence Committee. Oh, it was just Nancy and Adam deciding. Thank goodness we have two very responsible, very serious people who would never lie about literally everything and then cry on television. Several follow-up reports to that original Axios story from outlets, including Business Insider and the New York Post, noted that Swalwell has refused to answer whether he engaged in sexual relations with Fang Fang. But that classified report about the relationship includes, Breitbart News can confirm, based on multiple intelligence and national security sources, details about a sexual relationship between the two. And gotta say, hey Breitbart, that's one of the worst sentences I've ever seen. For those who have seen details of the Swalwell case, it was shocking that Pelosi and Schiff so willingly kept him on the Intelligence Committee, even for nakedly partisan lawmakers like themselves. A former senior national security official familiar with the details of the report told Breitbart News. This official said any government figure with original classification authority that includes Democrat President Joe Biden and Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines could order the declassification of the report so the public and Swalwell's constituents in particular can read it for themselves. Both the White House and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence have not replied to requests for comment when asked if President Biden or Director Haines will declassify the report in the interest of transparency. And of course, they will not because they have a different definition of transparency. Transparency means they will tell you they're not going to tell you <laughs> instead of just hiding it. Regardless of whether you would have pegged Eric Swalwell as someone dumb enough to sleep with a Chinese spy, the evidence is damning. And for real, that's the sentence. <laughs> and for the record, I would not have pegged Eric Swalwell. But Fang Fang. She would have. That report should be declassified. There are no concerns about sources or methods. The only purpose served by keeping that report classified is saving Swalwell from embarrassment. That's not a good enough reason. And that is from that same senior advisor to intelligence community leadership. Swalwell's office has not immediately replied to a request for comment on the details reported above about the classified report or whether he would support the report's declassification and public release in the interest of transparency. Hey, commies. Eric Swalwell ran in the Democratic primary. That's one of your top guys. That guy is one of your top guys. The guy who was sleeping with a Chinese spy is still on the Intelligence Committee, and that's because of the people you vote for, okay? So when I say, for instance, that Joe Biden is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, 
Joe Biden is actually more compromised than the guy who was sleeping with a Chinese spy. Isn't that incredible? I honestly cannot believe that Eric Swalwell isn't on the first team of criers. I cannot believe he wasn't there crying today as well. But you know who was? Friar Cuck, Jamie Raskin, the same guy who tried this entire charade already at the second fake impeachment. You know, the one that happened after Trump, quote unquote, was not president anymore. Now, let's turn to COVID for a second, because the masks are coming back, according to the CDC, but of course, not according to normal people with adult sized brains who will hopefully not comply with this nonsense. We have just seen within the last week, they are recalling one of the COVID tests and changing protocols on another one of them. I'll get into that at some other time. They basically admit that the test cannot tell the difference between the flu and COVID. And of course it can't. That's why the flu vanished last year completely. But we're still expected to believe that the same test that cannot tell the difference between COVID and the flu can actually tell the difference between the Delta variant and OG COVID. Nonsense. It's all complete and total nonsense. But the Telegraph reported today, and this is from the Daily Mail reporting as well, the headline Fury over misleading COVID hospital figures as it's revealed half of patients only test positive after admission for another illness. But National Health Service bosses say they're as busy now as they were in January. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any extended duration of time, you will know that I have talked over and over and over and over again about people going into the hospital for other reasons and then being tested for COVID and being counted as a COVID hospitalization. Same thing with death, same thing with everything else. This is what they do. It is a statistical game that they have played between false positive tests that they know don't work, that they know don't differentiate between COVID and the flu, between testing people after they've gone into the hospital for something else and counting them as a COVID hospitalization to testing them after they die from something else to see if they have COVID and then count them as a COVID death. This has been little more than a statistical game being played to trick us for 18 months. And I know that sounds very conspiratorial, but it also happens to be true. Okay. Think of another motivation, commies. Please give me one sensible answer. Give me one excuse why they would have gone on like this, knowing the tests don't say what they claim, knowing that they can't differentiate COVID from the flu. Knowing that laboratories are using a cycle threshold so high that they can yield 80%, 90%, 97% false positives, and they're counting them all as positives. Knowing that people are tested after they go into the hospital 
to be counted as COVID hospitalizations and knowing that they can be tested after they die and be counted as COVID deaths. Give me one excuse, one sensible reason why the medical community would be doing that and not telling us if their goal wasn't to trick us into being afraid of something that simply is not that scary. Bring it, commies. I cannot wait to hear you tell me that they're just erring on the side of safety. They're exercising an abundance of caution. COVID is everywhere. And if we believe that COVID is everywhere, then we'll do exactly what they say. Because everyone, everyone with an adult-sized brain knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that if they just told us the truth, no one would give a shit. We'd be like, oh, there's like a different cold I can get? Well, thanks for the heads up. I guess now... If I randomly lose my sense of taste or smell for a few days, I'll know what to call it. And because Daily Mail articles are always way too long, I'm just going to read a little bit of this for you. More than half of people labeled as a COVID hospital patient in England only tested positive after being admitted for a different reason. Leaked figures show. Got that? Leaked. They didn't want you to know. I've been saying it for over a year, but so many people out there have no idea. Again, remember, we are talking about communists here who believe, honestly, for real, a huge percentage of them believes, according to polling, that 50% of the people who are infected with COVID end up in the hospital. They believe that. Okay, the real number is like one percent. They said in that poll that it was one to five percent. Okay, just so you know, I'm not trying to trick you with the numbers. They said one to five, but we're smarter than that. And we're clearly smarter than the pollsters because the pollsters also believe that asymptomatic spread is a very common and very threatening occurrence. And it is not. So the pollsters, they're not very informed about covid either. But the entire poll showed that communists have no clue what the hell they're talking about when it comes to covid on a whole range of issues. They certainly don't realize that people are tested for covid after they're already in the hospital and they are counted as covid hospitalizations. And if they happen to be in the ICU for whatever they went to the hospital with then they are counted as a covid case in the ICU, which makes it sound like. COVID was so severe that it put them in the ICU. That didn't happen. Now let's switch to the audits. In Arizona yesterday, Karen Fan sent subpoenas to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and to Dominion. She sent the same letter to both organizations, and then I'll read what Exhibit A is for each. But this is the letter she sent to both the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and to Dominion. You or your authorized representative must, at the date, time, and location set forth above, appear and produce the items set forth in Exhibit A. The Senate reserves the right to require your testimony upon appearance, but does not anticipate doing so. 
In the alternative, you may comply with this subpoena by providing no later than the date and time set forth above reasonable access for inspection by the Senate or its authorized representatives, the items set forth in Exhibit A. Here is Exhibit A for Dominion. All usernames, passwords, pins, and or security keys or tokens required to access or otherwise relating to any and all ballot tabulation devices used in connection with the November 3rd, 2020 general election in Maricopa County. This is specifically for all levels of access, including but not limited to administrator access or any other level of access required to access and print the configuration of the ICP2 devices. Here is the Exhibit A for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. All reports, findings, and other documents concerning any breach of the voter registration server, the Maricopa County Recorder's Office systems, or any other aspect of the Maricopa County election systems at any time within six months of the November 3rd, 2020 general election. All right? We already know that happened. This is Stephen Richer, that little clown who appeared on Fox last night after Liz Harrington, so that he could try to refute all the things Liz Harrington said. Now, a lot of people are annoyed about that. It's a classless move by Fox News and Brett Baer. But it is still progress in the narrative because Liz Harrington now gets to go on Fox News and give people the facts. Okay, Stephen Richer coming on afterward to try to dispute it. That's not going to work. All right. Stephen Richer is a clown. And people understand that when they look at him and they listen to him. The fact that Liz Harrington is able to go on Fox News and give facts about election fraud is actually progress, even from two weeks ago when Tucker Carlson finally mentioned it for the first time. All right, back to Exhibit A for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. All ballot envelopes received in connection with the November 3rd, 2020 general election or digital images of the same. Now, this, of course, is to make sure that there are ballot envelopes for all the ballots that came in and that the signatures actually match to the extent the law requires. We know and they told us in the hearing that the signatures were supposed to be matched with 20 points of identification, right? They can identify 20 different things in the signature that match 20 different things in the other signature. They reduce that number to 10. Then I believe they reduced it to three or five. And then finally they reduced it to zero. So they just decided on election day or after, but at the end of the process, they decided that signature matching was not important. And of course, they'll be like, well, yeah, you know, the thing is, we were just inundated with all these mail in ballots and we needed to make sure that all votes count. So we let them all through. We disobeyed the law, but we did it for a good reason, because we didn't want to disenfranchise any fake voters. And that's that's honestly the reason they didn't want to disenfranchise the fake voters. So they took all those ballots in at the end from all the very real people that surely mailed them in and dropped them in those very real drop boxes, those very safe drop boxes that were actually put there by Mark Zuckerberg, you know, for our safety. Now, number three is basically the same as what they sent to Dominion. They're requesting the same information from both parties. Uh, She adds at the end of number three, this request also includes any materials that the county does not possess but which it has a right to access. Number four, 
all Maricopa County registered voter records to date with any and all change histories, including but not limited to the following. The field that was added, removed or changed a timestamp date and time for the change, identifying information for the individual who made the change, internal employee ID and or IP address. All right. So they want to be able to go in and audit the voter registry. All right. They want to see when and how those changes were made, why those changes were made and by whom. And that's really important because, you know, a lot of attention gets paid to the vulnerabilities of the actual voting tabulation machines, the Dominion machines. What we don't hear that much about is the uh, electronic or hacking manipulation of the voter registries. And we know that happens. All right. That was specifically what the director of national intelligence. And I believe that it was either Krebs from CISA or Ray from the FBI who gave the press conference on November 2nd of last year, talking about how malicious actors from Iran had access to voter registries. We also know that all sorts of communist states around the country with their communist secretaries of state have entered into what they call public-private partnerships with organizations like Rock the Vote and their subsidiary More Than a Vote, where they go around to major events all around the country and they try to get people to sign up for to vote. And then they enter those voter registries themselves. And they definitely don't use that system as a cover for messing with and manipulating the actual voter registration database. You can trust them. Yeah, of course, there are Democrat communist organizations that work hand in hand with George Soros. And that was all proven in the WikiLeaks drops. But don't worry. They're very trustworthy communists. Number five. All routers used in connection with the November 3rd, 2020 general election or virtual images of the same and the public IP of each such router. How many of these, by the way, so far have been things that can be hacked and prove Internet connections existed that would make the election system vulnerable? Almost all of them. Number six, and here's the best one. All Splunk logs, network logs, net flows, or similar data related with systems associated in any way with the administration of the November 3rd, 2020 general election for the time period beginning 60 days before the election and ending 90 days after the election. Now, why did they choose those time limits? I would guess that they have good reason to believe that things were manipulated within those dates. So they are supposed to turn all of that over to the Arizona State Senate by Monday, August 2nd. I imagine we can safely assume that they will not do that. And so the next step, hopefully, would be that the Arizona State Senate decides to hold them all in contempt and hopefully they will be arrested or otherwise forced to comply with this legal subpoena from the Arizona State Senate. It is crazy that we have people in this country who are covering for these people. 
They don't think these corrupt politicians and this communist election company should have to comply with Senate subpoenas because they think it's just too dangerous. It's threatening our democracy. If you keep asking about this, if you keep demanding we show you proof that the election was actually conducted properly and Joe Biden really got 81 million votes, if we have to show you proof of that, the FBI might be forced to stage another very violent insurrection and that will tear down our entire democracy. And Adam Schiff and Adam Kinzinger will have to cry again. Well, don't cry for me, Adam Kinzinger. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.
It's hell!